Hello, hello, and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discover words out of my mouth. We uh, we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Jeff Levitt, and this week we're going to be taking a look at the uh, the Netflix anime series B Stars. Um, and this time around, I'm joined by my two fellow nerds here who can introduce their goddamn selves. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Kaimul Chowdhury, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a howling good time. <laughs> Weak. <laughs> hi, uh, my name is Jonavi Iyer. I have not recorded with these fine fellows in some time, but... I know, I miss you. I don't have enough Jonavi in my life. I... That that's understandable, but we discussed this, and you should get a cardboard cut out of me to hang on your ceiling. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so every day when I wake up, there she is, Jonavi, looking Just down on me, watching over you, <laughs> <laughs> and looking down on you. I guess if you want the yeah, snooty sure. Jonavi, depends how I'm feeling that day about myself. Sometimes I'll wake up and be like, "Damn." Jonavi gave me a, a really encouraging look this morning, and sometimes I'll be like, okay, fuck, Jesus, I know I'm a pile of shit, you don't have to say it to me with your eyes, Jonavi, but it's just, just the just same. Just get a picture of Jonavi with, uh, with the caption, pathetic. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, you could also put googly eyes on the cardboard cutout. I don't know if that would help or, or hurt the case. But, I mean, googly huh. eyes always help. They make everything better. Yeah, I mean, they, they actually helped me. At- at, at RIT, they have these, like, terrifying, giant, like, roaming, uh, like, vacuum cleaner s- sweeping robots that just, like, go throughout the hall in the art building that, like, like if you really stand in- big Roombas, or are they bigger than Yeah, that? yeah, yes, no, very big Roombas, like, like, four, like, four and a half feet tall Roombas. Oh, yeah, I, and- I would, I would ride one of those, baby. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, and- they have, like, motion sensors, too, so if you step in front of them, they'll, like, stop and turn. But sometimes, like, if you're walking in the hallway, like, on the other side of the hallway from it, it will just, like, stop and turn towards you right as you're passing it, and you're just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, uh, someone took a pair of giant googly eyes and put it on one of them. <laughs> very good. <laughs> it's very good. All right, guys. Uh, so uh, I think we're going to start off by summarizing the topic, and then we'll end with a little rating section where we decide if uh, if we enjoyed what we were talking about today. So with that being said, you want to just jump on into the summary? All right. So as stated, uh, B stars. Well, I guess it was it was originally based on a manga. Um, and it was developed into an anime by Orange Studio, which I think, I don't think it's actually, I mean, it's called a quote unquote Netflix original, but I, I, I think that it aired somewhere else. It, I'm pretty sure it did. Like I was hearing about it long before Netflix. I I think the, the beginning of it says like in collaboration with Netflix or something like that. Yeah. So I think that Netflix is just the distributor. I guess I get a little bit confused as to what gets the Netflix original classification anymore because there's a lot of stuff that like I feel like existed elsewhere and then it's branded as Netflix original when I guess it just means this is the only place you can watch it. Yeah, looking at it, uh, yeah, original <laughs> network was Fuji TV, TNC, KTV, THK, yep, and uh, it was licensed by Netflix, so I'm guessing they gave like the funding for it, something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, they yeah, did say they I, helped. I, I, they helped <laughs> Anyway, so the 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 series is it basically centers around a world that is filled with uh, anthropomorphic animals, and uh, they like they all pretty much have human bodies and then animal heads and then plus or minus whatever weird accoutrement they get from being an animal like tails and scales and fur and whatever. Basically, the whole series is about this sort of like power dynamic between the herbivores and the carnivores in society, because I guess omnivores just don't fucking exist. Uh, <laughs> They're probably even more shunned, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I was I was I raised an eyebrow in like the first episode where like there's tension between the kids in the drama club and it like splits them up into two groups and there's a hippo standing in the uh, in the carnivores group and I'm like, are hippos carnivores? Yeah. Anyway, that's. I would like to see the research yeah. that the writing team did on yeah. <laughs> animal characteristics. Anyway, uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, basically, our main character is a wolf a gray wolf and his name is Legoshi. Um, and, uh, the, the plot kind of centers around, he's getting these like carnivore instincts where like in the first episode, he almost like fucking eats this girl. And this is all like right after the, um, the, the big thing in the beginning of the series is, is a, is a herbivore gets devoured by a carnivore and this is like the it's considered, quote unquote, the ultimate taboo in their world as like, yeah, no shit. Of course, murder is the ultimate taboo in your world. Murder and, and cannibalism. cannibalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so it's it's got this very like, I think a good way to start summing up the tone of this show is like, I'm, I'm pretty sure this show was made for in the manga. It was like made for furries because it's like yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of like sexual tension following all these like high school yep. students and like the relationship between like eating someone and eating someone wink wink uh <laughs> but uh like they don't really talk about it that way but like the the whole plot revolves around like legoshi kind of like sort of falling for this uh this girl haru who is a um what kind of rabbit is she uh White rabbit no, what? A Netherland no. dwarf, I believe. Dwarf rabbit. Dwarf yeah, that's rabbit. What it is. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And the the whole like dynamic between like, oh, the first time the encounters her, he almost like eats her alive and she doesn't like totally realize it's him and then he meets her again later in a different context. Now he's calmed the fuck down and he's like dealing with his guilt because like Legoshi is like he doesn't really It should be noted that like the way uh this series treats like carnivores eating herbivores has like some sexual undertones yeah. yeah i'm not sure i agree that it is as sexual as you guys are saying but i will wait for your examples as to why you think that i i think i i guess the reason that i think that is because i i guess it's more accurate to say that the show has a lot of sexual undertones and it is also focusing on this, like, sort of devouring aspect. So, like, while you're watching it, at least for me, you just kind of, like, make the connections there. Because, like, you know, the the whole thing with Legoshi, like, almost eating uh, or devouring Haru in the beginning, when he starts, like, having these interactions with her where he's just, like, feeling guilty about it, and then, like, the first time they interact, she basically, like, 
jumps him and almost like tries to seduce him is like it, it kind of starts to take on like the devouring starts to t- take on sort of like rapey undertones for me um but it's, i mean there's it's, also the like parallels a, are not like yeah, right there it's but not, it, it's, it's not right there but like yeah it, it doesn't take a whole lot of digging you know like maybe a couple right. of inches of dirt uh i mean there's even like a human trafficking thing that we learned yeah. about later on. human trafficking Animal trafficking? I, I I don't know. They but. they refer to themselves as animals. So animal trafficking, I like guess. animal kind instead of mankind, or Which, you know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that there were a disproportionate number of mammals represented. That's a good point. There are some birds and some lizards, but none of them are like the main characters. So I I was tracking like definitely a lot of like impulse control themes. Yeah, definitely a lot of power dynamics themes. Yeah, that those are probably, like, the actual core of the thing. Does seem to be kind of, like, an enhanced element of gender stereotyping, as in, like, what is a male thing to do? Because they're highlighting those thing- qualities by um, comparing them with, you know, like, literally animalistic ones. Yeah. They're... It is, like, I guess compared to other school animes, this does take place in a school... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it does, it does seem to be more, they do seem to be more openly sexual with one another than with other, like, school animes. They, they, this, this appears to be a high school, a boarding high school. Even, because even while you're bringing in these points about sexual attention, I think in, for me, that wrapped in together with just the, like, societal dynamics of power. Because while carnivores are seen and, like, in some cases, envied for having all of this, like, you know, strength and ferocity, stereotypically. Yeah. Um, it's the herbivores that hold a lot of social power. So, like, the the, the the stigma that comes with being a carnivore. Right. And, it, and I think that it plays with those discussions of, like, the privilege there, too. Yeah. Because, like, the carnivores are ultimately the ones with, like, power... But then in some senses, that makes them kind of ostracized in society. So it it kind of bounces back and forth on like who the quote unquote privileged group is, which I think is kind of an interesting dynamic. Because it's it's an envied group. And then there's a like, okay, but this is the group that has more societal protection because of the way that we we want to we, we would like to assume that there's an equality here. But whether or not actual equality exists, there are like differences and even in the idea of like different types of animals or whether or not your herbivore or carnivore are expected to behave differently mm-hmm. and then whether or not you are a good animal of that kind depends on whether or not your personality aligns with what people think that you should be like which is also similar to like I guess, various, you know, like, racial stereotyping that you might see. Yeah. Yeah. Right, like, our main thing with Legoshi, right, is that he's kind of aware of this power that he has, so he he purposely makes himself kind of, like, timid and quiet. So, like, people are constantly commenting, I'm like, why the hell are you hiding your power? You're a gray wolf. And he's like, he's just like, I don't want to fucking hurt anybody, dude. <laughs> Lego- like, the central conflict with Legoshi... Legoshi, Legoshi is that uh he, he's kind of he's kind of repressed you know like he does yeah 
like uh, any kind of like emotion or feeling he has he just tries to like act upon it no matter yeah, what like at, yeah like out of obligation out of guilt out of like not really wanting this attention like i i think it's interesting how they made him a little bit of a literal lone wolf because <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, like wolves are sociable yeah in in most yeah. contexts so then when you do have like uh somebody who is a wolf who is sort of living like this without a lot of like external communication or and who seems to have been very repressed in these various ways it does sort of set the tone more subtly than the literal first episode where somebody gets eaten like it sets the tone a little bit more subtly that there that, that this is a show about tensions yeah and about and he- sort of the way that society like sort of tends to chew people up and <laughs> spit them out Right, and, like, you know, with Lego Shi in particular, too, it's also, like, a lot about just, like, him navigating sort of... It's it's very much, like, a coming-of-age story for him, where he's trying to, like, figure out who he is and, like, what parts of him are, like, quote-unquote, like, real and what parts are just, like, part of this act that he's putting on, right? And because, what parts... Well, and also, on the opposite end, what parts of him are real and what parts of him are just, like, old primal instincts, you know? Yeah, exactly. And he's trying to sort of navigate, like, you know, like, a lot of the, the, I don't know if, if it's quite gotten into this by the time you, by the time you got to in the series, but, like, like, it's brought up later that he's, he's, so he's sort of, like, decided that he's fallen in love with Haru, right, from their interactions, and then, like, this he meets this old panda like out on the street or something in the re- in the like outside world later and he's like no you're not in love with this girl you just want to eat her and you don't understand the difference between and like you know if you keep trying to pursue this relationship it's going to end horribly because you're going to end up devouring her and like succumbing to your instincts so he's trying to like navigate like it are his feelings like this animal instinct where he's just trying to like hunt down his prey and then like you know you know justify it to himself in his head or is he actually having yeah. do it does he actually have legitimate feelings for this girl yeah it's like the uh cl- classic uh uh conflict of like being pulled by both id and super ego at the same time yeah 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 it- yeah no i i think that it also was compelling to me that that happened was that one he's being told this by a panda and not somebody mm-hmm. who kind of like supposedly shares his like physiological responses so he's well, sort of like well the panda is a is a, a carnivore in this one well so here's, like, no, no no well here's the interesting thing about real life pandas they have the teeth and the digestion tract of carnivores they they are pretty much supposed to be meat eaters but for whatever quirk of evolution they don't taste meat they can't taste meat they can't like if you feed it meat it won't realize or it won't like get the fullness it's supposed to feel from eating meat that's why they eat bamboo so so like pandas are like these animals that like were carnivores and became herbivores but yeah and but the way they frame it with the character in the show is that he's like basically decided to just like to tide all of his instincts by eating bamboo yeah, yeah. But I guess the other mm-hmm. interesting thing in the show that I think we should we should bring up is that like I'm saying that it reflects that kind of real life fact about pandas. Yep. The interesting thing about like the society in the show is like 
legally they all have to be vegetarian like they're not allowed to eat meat but there's this sort of like recognized as existing black market where like they sell like you know either dead animals or like donated meat from whoever like this hobo is like fucking selling his fingers on the street yeah it's a pretty Um, fucked up scene yeah it's it's a screwed up area and it's like they they it's brought up early with like the actual animal blood like quote-unquote doping yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Like, one of the characters, before he, like, takes on stage, because, like, the whole thing is about these characters in the drama club, right, is he, like, dopes up with, like, rabbit mm-hmm. blood, and, like, it's supposed to be, like, this taboo, but it's kind of brought up as, like, drugs, and, but, um, or, yeah, I, I no. I think it, that that sort of helped to highlight the stigma of even having, like, another animal's body part, or, like, parts of the body, because, I mean, in our world... Like, where it's pretty much recognized that, like, yes, cannibalism bad across most <laughs> societies in the world. Like, right. in the context of, like, blood donation and organ donation and, like, I don't know, it's it's all very medicinal. But here, it, it takes on a, a very different <laughs> chargedness. Yeah. Um, right, it's, like, pretty yeah. sinister. Yeah, I mean, the show's got a lot of really interesting themes. One of the reasons I did want to talk about it, though, is fucking how whack and wild this show is. I know. <laughs> just in, like, shit. its core existence and premise, but also just, like, the way that all of the characters act. Because it's very, like, it's not, like, the most over-the-top anime, but it's definitely, like, you know, you have to, like, remember every once in a while, oh, yeah, all of these tensions are about a school play in high school. Could y'all calm the fuck down for, like, yeah, five right, minutes? Yeah, like, like... Uh, what, what's his name is, like... Louie. Louie's, <laughs> like, he's got a fucking Louis. broken ass, broken leg, and he's still going, and it's like, dude, it's just a play. Right, so the, the, like, one him. of the best, one of the best characters in this show, who is, like, I would say the other, like, third main character is this dear Louie, who is, like, the most popular person in the entire school. He's playing the lead in the, in the play. Wants to be the B-star. Yeah, which is... I, I'm not entirely. I'm not entirely sure what the fuck the B star is. It, it's apparently, I, uh, I think the it's a animal who can lead the others with leadership. It's but not a it's, school thing. It's a society it's a, thing. It's a society thing. Okay. Yeah, they they mention it in one of the early episodes, but then you just kind of forget about it until they don't mention it again till like the second to last episode where someone's like, "Louis, you're going to be the next B star." You know that? I mean, they bring and, it like, up with uh, they bring it up with Juno as well a couple of times. You know, like. Bart Yo, fucking Juno! I forgot you, about Juno. Johnny, no, no. have you gotten to Juno? No, I have not gotten to Juno. <laughs> oh god, Juno's psychotic. Juno. Um, <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Like, I think that it makes it made a lot of sense that they were all like frenzied up over this play because, yeah, the entire thing is about people being performative and like showing and like. Okay, like, can I act like something I'm not? How well can I act like something I'm not? How well can I suppress my instincts? Yeah, and, and I then, guess what I mean, it's it's over the top. It's just, like, I, it feels like they're not actually acting like people who live within this society, which makes it all kind of, you know, because, like, a lot of these things yeah. that, they, that they're actually dealing with every day would be much more nonchalant. It's one of the issues that I have with the show so far, is that, like... It seems to lean so heavily into symbolism that other than the fact that they all have animal heads, like, that's what it has going for it. 
It's like, okay, we have to set up an aggressively, like, like this kind of in-your-face commentary that, in the first few episodes, it's, just, it's frankly just kind of trite. Like, things like, oh, you carnivores are all the same. <laughs> and like, I mean, it, it, I mean, like, what, what made me, like, keep going with the show was just that it intrigued me because, like, it's not like this type of setting hasn't been done. I've brought up Zootopia a couple of times, and mm -hmm. uh, what makes Beastars so in intriguing is that goes to the places that all those other shows don't want to go, don't want to think yeah. about, because I, who I do the fuck wants to think about that except Beastars? And that's why I, I appreciate that it went more into a sort of, like, sad place for me yeah then then like zootopia in other mediums where i've seen you know like anthropomorphic characters um yeah. so like yeah, I, I don't I, know like i i guess ta like talking about i mean we'll get into this more in the ratings too with our own opinions but like it it's i would have a hard time describing this show as good <laughs> but I do enjoy it a lot. You know what I mean? Like, like the qualities that you're describing, Jonavi, are definite like narrative and like world building flaws. But they're also the things that make me want to watch the show because I'm I'm not like hate watching it, but I'm watching it just to like for the next sort of like what the fuck? Because like I'd had that reaction pretty much every episode. Seeing the world try to reconcile itself seems like the point of the show. And yeah, while exactly. I can understand that, it just contributes to the ongoing cycle of, like, how contrived is it? How contrived right. is it? And another quality that I that is, like, a, another thing that I would describe as a flaw that I, I find totally amusing about the show is just how fucking expository all of the dialogue so is. So expository. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, when they're talking, they're like, oh, do we have to make another dinosaur again? Well, the dinosaurs were the the ancestors of all animals, and it went like this. And I'm just like, you all know this, right? You're saying this as if this is a commonly known fact, but you're all saying it anyway, just for our better. Yeah, like the the way, like to me, it seemed like everyone at every moment was on the brink of forgetting that they were in a society, and just seconds yeah. away from just becoming purely animalistic with absolutely no cognitive function. And it's like... wild, too, because, like, especially in the first few episodes, it does have some moments where it steps in and, like, Legoshi or someone else, like, acts as a narrator, and they just, like, say things as they are to explain them to us, which feels a lot more natural. Yeah. But, like, they, like that's how they explain what the B-star is in, like, episode three or four or whatever. But then, still, all the characters have this sort of just, like, interaction with each other where they're just, like describing how the world works and you're yeah, like yeah but like the problem is with as often as exposition comes up if a narrator came up and kept doing yeah, that fair. it would break the flow there's not an elegant way to do this because <laughs> this world needs a lot of explaining and someone's gotta so explain. it even made me feel like that one thing where okay if i'm just accepting this choice as like how this thing is either they are all like telling this to themselves so that they remain in this, you know, like, not slave to their instincts, like, state of mind. Or right. this is all, like, super recent. <laughs> like, these developments yeah. are either recent. Like, this is not a mature society. This is, like, even, like, maybe the vegetarianism thing is only, like, a few years old. Like, 
those were the two possible vibes I was getting from all of this constant exposition. Like I don't th- think yeah, it's like, like what's the word for music when it's either in the show or, or like diegetic or non diegetic, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that the I don't think like if you follow what I'm saying here, I don't think that the expository language is dietetic. Uh diegetic, yeah. Diegetic, sorry. Is diegetic. I think that it's just a product of the way that it's written. I don't think that it I don't think we can take that language and like infer things about the way that they actually interact with each other. You know what I mean? Like in some shows are like that. Like some shows where all the characters are just like super nice to each other. I get the sense of like, oh, there the implication is that's how this world is versus like, oh, a kid's show where they're all nice to each other because it's a kid's show. Whereas I don't I think that in this world they they're not necessarily all super expository. I think that just is a product of it being this kind of show. Does that make more sense? That makes sense. And I accept that is a way to view this. Usually, like when I personally look at something, I assume that everything that I observe was intentional. Like I, Mm -hmm. I I assume that it's a choice. So if, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't assume that it's, not a choice that it was just like an accident or poor writing a workshop or something where i'm workshopping b stars with the people that made it i'd be like this is what these choices make me think about (laughs) and they could either take that or leave that so i mean i can understand that this might not have like the same effect on other people as it has on me but like if i'm being put into this other world where they're definitely talking about some social stuff, they're definitely talking about power dynamics, like, I'm following that little rabbit hole all the way down to when this poor rabbit probably inevitably gets eaten <laughs> by somebody. <laughs> I, uh, More like digestetic, like, am I right? <laughs> in the note of, like, the, the expository language, so that, like, I, it's not that I think it's just poor writing, like, I think it was a choice, but I don't think it was a choice to imply something about the world. I think it was a choice to create a sort of, like, tone in the show, right? Like, yeah, the, to- like the tone of the show is, like, we're not taking ourselves that seriously. All the characters are, but this is supposed to be kind of ridiculous. So, <laughs> allowing the characters to all talk and oh. act like that to each other is sort of, like, in the same vein of, like, oh, I purposely have made a bad movie. You know what I mean? Because it's funny. Ooh. Like, I think that it's purposeful in that way. Like, not saying it's bad, but I'm saying, like, in that specific example, I think it's done to make it feel more, like, anime over the top. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's it's like it has it's elements like dark- of like old school stage play to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That too. Yeah, that checks. A little uh, bit of melodrama. It, it, yeah, yes. it's, it's it's a lot like, of bit of melodrama. It's like got a bit of dark comedy to it, but like exit stage left pursued by a tiger, <laughs> fucking dopey yeah, blood boy. It, yeah, like uh, it, it's a dark comedy, or it's got like elements of dark comedy, but it's not a comedy to the point where everything's Correct. a farce. It's just. No. Kind of uh, showing the absurdity of it, I guess. Being absurd? Yeah. Like, the f- weirdly enough, the first thing I thought about that was, was with Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. is Pulp Fiction is not a comedy, but Pulp Fiction is fucking hilarious. Exactly. And it makes it. jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's how I feel, like, not even in the same way, but, like, I feel like Beastars is going for a similar thing where it's like, it's not trying to be a comedy, but it is 
funny. Like, it is trying to be funny and over the top, you know? Like, I don't think you're really supposed to... And if you need evidence of the over-the-topness, there's... Uh, what what ups- Wait, what episode was the chicken chicken bit? Ch- oh yeah. my god, I forgot what about epi- the chicken thing. What episode was the chicken I, bit? I've I only seen know episodes one through five. I do not recall a chicken, so maybe... There's just, like, a one-off episode that's about a chicken who sits next to Legoshi in, like, one of their classes, who is, like, really proud that her eggs are the ones that are, like, the best egg salad sandwiches that all the carnivores <laughs> eat. And, like, it's just, she just shows up for one episode, and the entire episode is about that, and that's it. No, no, no not the entire episode, just, like, the opening of that episode. Oh, like, really? It's not even yeah, the whole the episode? Rest just go... The rest of the episode just goes on like normal, but like just that beginning bit was about the chicken and it was fucking, it is the perfect encapsulation. I mean, encapsulation. everyone needs something to be proud of, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's, it's just like, it's like trying to make you sort of uncomfortable because like they're just human enough that you're trying to like take these actions yeah. from, from the animals and like sort of. And the sexual themes continue because eggs are chicken periods. Like, whatever fucking Louis is on screen, who is easily the most terrifying character in the entire show, just in his, like, attitude alone, I just think about in... Right, I just think about in Adventure Time, there's, like, a deer who, like, takes off his hooves and he's just got these little creepy fingers. (laughs) That's all I can think about with Louis. Yes, exactly. That's exactly (laughs) it. Louis's, like, freaky as hell. Like, not just the... human hands on the deer but just like you know just one of his earliest scenes is him slamming Lugosi to the wall and going eat me and I'm like what the fuck is happening yeah also when he like when they bring in the new recruit who's like a goat and he just like straight up grabs his face and he's like did you eat your fucking script that's all you goats are good for is just eating things and it's like really intense on his face and the animation turns 2D for half a second yeah yeah and, like, that's another thing, like, with just these animals stereotyping other species of animals, but also the animals of those species being like, I am good at being my species. And then the one, like, harlequin rabbit or whatever, who's just like, eh, he's, mm, my boyfriend broke up with me because of you, to, like, Haru, because they're just going into this thing of like, oh, we would have been like a great purebred couple <laughs> and things like that. There's just so many uncomfortable details about the way, like, it truly is a mishmash together society. And it's like, it doesn't quite decide where it lands on, like, you know, if interspecies things is okay, or if it's just looked down upon, or if it's, you know, like... I mean, there's some. I think it seems to stress that interspecies is frowned upon in much of the same way that maybe interracial in our world may be i yeah but it's like because like when they're going like later in the series they end up in like some hotel and then and haru is like oh it's okay they allow interspecies couples in here but it's sort of like a seedy sort of weird perverted thing so i mean yeah, I, I I'm not a I, I have not watched as much as you guys have. Um I might watch like one or two periodically. When I did watch these five episodes, I did watch them like all together, one after the other, and it 
man, like, it kind of messed me up a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is a little too much for me. But maybe if I do, like, one episode at a time <laughs> in between other things, I'll be okay. And I'll be able to see more of the, like, humor in it. <laughs> Cause yeah, I guess, like... It just made me I sad, thought, man. I was just sad. I, I guess maybe part of me wrote it off right from the beginning. So, like, like the concept of it looks like, oh, this is going to be some bizarre-ass shit, right? So when I started watching it, like, I was kind of looking for those things. So then all yeah. the tarts, parts that it was over the top is like, well, that is why I started watching this. And it's... Yeah, and it is paying off in that regard. <laughs> like when, like before, I saw the show. Like I've seen like bits of it on Twitter or people like talking about it, and like so I was aware of like the very bizarre aspects of it. And I don't know. It's like going in. It's like oh god, it really is this weird. Yo, can we talk about how hard that fucking theme song slaps though? Yo, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like i love the fucking stop motion intro too but also just the song itself is like it, it, real it's like good a, it's like a big bebop uh bebop song you know it's crazy yeah uh, it, it had some 80s vibes to me yeah well bit. bebop yeah. was like during the 70s and 80s okay. yeah or yeah was it just the 70s either way it blends into the 80s i guess um but yeah i mean that I feel like we've we've reached a good point here. Do you want to move on to the ratings section? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. All right, y'all. Thank you both for a very uh, animalistic discussion. Rare. Now we're now we're gonna be moving on to the rating section, where um where we're each gonna rate the topic on a scale from one to ten. Uh, I want to say small mammals. That's like they classify each other like as also like small and large animals or mammals yeah. in the show. Like Haru is a small mammal and Legoshi is a large mammal. I mean, I guess we could also do one. I guess we could do one to ten eggs laid by that one fucked up chicken. No, fuck that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go with one one to ten small mammals. Uh, so, uh, Chatter, why don't you start us off? How do you feel on a scale from one to ten small mammals for B stars? Okay, so B stars is interesting. Because it does have all these weird flaws, but also, like, all the things that make it unique make it worth just sitting down and watching it anyways, despite despite that. Uh, Certainly not I, seen a show like it before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like, uh, like I said before, like, I appreciate that, I appreciate a show that, like, is willing to go somewhere that other similar stuff wouldn't want to even though those similar stuff would have good reason for not wanting to go there. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, the audiences for Zootopia and Beastars, I would say, are very different. And yet not that different, I would argue. No, because, like, Disney movie versus, like, anime on Netflix that's allowed to talk about sex as a concept is already very different audiences. Do you think Beastars falls into the category of, like, adult animation? Would you yeah, call I mean, it adult yeah. animation? Yeah, yeah I, for I, sure. I call it that. Yeah. There's like, you although know, I guess it's, it's I, not for kids. I don't think it's, it's for yeah. kids either. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, is it for teens? And that is 
Hold on, let me look at who the Mangla publisher was real quick. Uh, it feels it feels like it could be for teens. Weekly Shonen Champion. Uh, okay, I don't know. I don't really know much about this uh, Japanese publisher, but like Shonen implies boys, and like their other output includes. It okay. It runs the whole gamut. So. So yeah, I, I was guess gonna say because I think that I think like the themes in general, like not even just like the sexual stuff, but talking about like depression and things, seems to be geared towards a more adult audience. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna just in terms I, I, of like yeah, I'd I'd say it's probably adults because adult because I'm looking at their series and yeah, it's like some of it are a lot. There's a bunch of adult stuff there, so yeah. But uh, onto the actual rating, I guess I'll give it an eight. It's it's intriguing, and I think the characters are kind of interesting. Uh, I think the characters are interesting. I think the set it, setting is boxer, bonkers as fuck. So, hey, yeah. <laughs> eight small mammals. All right, Jonavi, how many small mammals are maybe so, getting devoured and maybe can, not? Can you remind me of this ratings? Is this one to ten? Yeah, one to ten. One to ten, okay. If you want to piss them off, use a decimal. <laughs> the reason I made it 1 to 10 is because people kept doing fucking 4.5 or 3.5, and then I switched it to 10.10, then people are out of 10, and people are like, I'll give it an 8.5, and I'm like, you never tried to give it a 4.75, you fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> oh. How many times can I go on this rant well, where it would still be funny? Probably one, and... <laughs> Well, see, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Please take my rating with um, uh, a grain of salt because it's all opinions here, man. Um, I, I have not watched the the whole thing, and um, I am no fun. So um, I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I think, I think for me, I'm gonna give this a, a six out of ten small animals. Small. Well, that's small more animals. than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> um, because I, I do think that for like once I got past the first couple episodes, which I found to be somewhat trite and not that interesting for where this could go, um, I, I saw them start to develop. Um, some more interesting, I guess, like, plot points and questions. I do like the the choice that the drama club is uh, this much of a big deal, because that rarely seems to happen in high schools, so <laughs> um, I, I thought that was a, a an interesting high school choice period, let alone a, a high school filled with animals. In general, I am less good than other people at picking up on, like, I guess sexual things or sexual themes in, in TV shows um, and in, in plays, but... I, I appreciate that we had this conversation because I'm like, all right, I can see how this was more sexual than I believed like before. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that I was going to give it a five, but it gets that extra small mammal because like <laughs> it gets different points for me. <laughs> it is certainly <laughs> very different. And even though so far, I'm not sure if the choices that they've made make it a cohesive like thing with a point which is what i look right. for um 
in in shows or shows that make strong choices like this one does. Um, like I I believe that they can go somewhere, but they're just kind of laying stuff out and finding their footing, which isn't uncommon in anime series. Like there are some animes in which like the show does not actually like really get started until like the seventh or eighth episode or something. So like yeah, yeah. and I think it's uh, I yeah. think it's a consequence of being an adaptation of a manga where yeah. you know mangas are released on a chapter by chapter uh, basis. So that kind of that yeah. kind of like take taking a while to get to the uh, meat isn't a big deal there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't even realize what I just did there. <laughs> yeah, so I I, 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 I like that it exists. Um, I would like to see more, I guess, animation and media in general that is not afraid to go to weird places and to have um, not necessarily appealing looking characters. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not... I can't say that I'm into it. I have said during this, like, I have said that during during this conversation that um, it did make me sad to watch. Not because I was weirded (laughs) out by it so much that I couldn't watch it, but it's it's just kind of a sad show. Like, it has a lot of sad things in it. And for me so far, the, the ridiculousness of it has not met or surpassed the amount of, like, oh... Oh, oh man, <laughs> that I felt while watching the show. So, I don't know. I, I'll probably finish watching it because we are all um, in quarantine and I don't want to build this piece of furniture I began building and then stopped. So, I will probably <laughs> keep watching more anime until I am out of anime. <laughs> um, but, in any case, that was a really long, rambling way to say that, yeah, six, six out of ten small mammals um and i i i welcome it to the options on netflix yeah see i uh because like i think if i were rating it on the on like what i thought the quality of it was then i think i would probably land in the jonavi camp whereas if i'm rating it based on how much i enjoyed it i'm definitely in the chowder camp (laughs) and that's that's generally how i how i go in general is is whether or not i enjoyed the thing so i think yeah i'm probably around that too with eight eight out of uh eight out of ten because like yeah in some moments it's actually kind of not as ridiculous as i would want it to be but it does have like a fair number of moments in there that i'm just like that was the wildest shit you could have just fucking said in this scene (laughs) like i love how all the characters just take this house too seriously yeah like jonavi wait till you get to juno as a character because this bitch has no chill Okay. All right. Well, but, uh, uh, I will, I'll keep you guys updated on my on my thoughts and feelings as I progress. Yeah, but and it, yeah, that that's a uh, that's my take on 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 B stars. I I enjoyed it a lot. I think if you're if you're into some weird shit, it's some weird shit. And if you're into some like I don't know, like deeply introspective shit, it definitely does that too. Like it it's it goes to like you know it talks about a lot of. A lot of different if topics, you're a like all sort of through the same teaching lens. teaching a class on anthropomorphism, you might want to add this to your roster. <laughs> Give them a modern Yeah, example. anthropomorphism has uh, has had a lot of good shit lately. Like fucking, we talked about Kipo on this show, yeah. and and in fact, like uh, 
uh, just uh, in the in March, like the first episodes of Brand New Animal came out, which is the new uh, anime by Studio Trigger, and it's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, and it nice. is also furry as hell. So, like that's there's yeah, that too. The fucking the rise of the furries here, Jesus! <laughs> furries be eating well tonight, boys. <laughs> Did I tell you about that time that I uh, I went to Five Guys and you know how they always give you like the extra fries in the bag? Yeah. Um, and the the guy was like handing me my food, right? And he put the he put the extra scoop of fries in the bag, and right before he's about to hand it to me, he like pauses for a sec and then takes the bag back, walks back over, pours another scoop of fries, and then hands me my bag, and he goes, "You will not be going hungry tonight, my friend." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why what you just said made me think of that. <laughs> but um I think I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Thank you guys mm-hmm. uh, for joining me on this episode and thank you listening audience for listening to the Comic Geeking program. Again, I've been your host Jeff Levitt. Uh you can find me on Instagram. I've got an Instagram where I post like my art stuff on occasion. That will be it's at things I wish existed, and there's a dot between each word. Um, and I've been joined by Chowder and Jonavi. Do you guys have stuff you want to kind of send out to to the the ears of our folks? Hi, I'm Daimel Chowdhury, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. Uh, I have a Twitter, at Daimel Chowdhury. Yeah, I, I post about Animal Crossing there now, so. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Jonavi Iyer. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, at jkiyer one Um really post anything in particular but i do want to say that if you can and if you can't afford it consider donating something to you know somebody who's not doing so hot right now know there are a lot of people out of a job know that there are a lot of food banks that could use some assistance so wanted to throw that out there if you haven't done so already please consider helping out your fellow boys and girls in this yeah and you know we're we're in some crazy shit right now as a society. So, I, you know, if we can send out any sort of messages of positivity towards just like stay sane during this crazy time, definitely stay healthy. Stay sane, stay healthy, stay inside, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean well put. Glad that we can provide perhaps some distraction from um all of the fucked up news and give you fucked up anime instead. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're chock full of fucked up shit. That's our that's our fucking tagline here at the Comic Geeking Just program. Just call us compost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh next episode of the Comic Geeking program, uh proper um, we'll be airing on the third Friday in May, which is the 15th of May, right in the middle. But of course, we've got other stuff going on by then. Like the first Friday in May will be our coming briefing program. And I have no idea when Dice Populate airs, but it that happens. It's on our feed, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you all for, for joining us, listening, subscribing, sharing, whatever you do. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. This episode of the Common Geeking Program was hosted by Jeff Levin, joined by Timel Chaudhary and Jonavi Iyer. This episode is sponsored by Quarantine.
Stay safe, stay sane, stay inside. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levin and features original music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Time Will Children. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program or by using hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, head to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, thank you for listening to this podcast. Ciao! They're made out of meat.